0: <clears throat> Hello to today's podcast from Mark and Mark on pharmaceutical contamination monitoring. Today, we look at the potential of early detection using a complete environmental monitoring software. I'm Mark with over 25 years of experience in aseptic fill finish equipment, and I'm together with.
1: Hello, I'm Mark with over 25 years of environmental monitoring and control.
0: Welcome back, Mark.
1: Thanks very much, Mark. Always a pleasure. You know that.
0: Uh, two, three podcasts back, we talked about the importance of data. And because my head was spinning still from this data uh, podcast, and it's so difficult, I thought we would bring this on a paper now and we show a couple of slides with it, uh, so it's easier to follow.
1: Sounds like a good idea, Mark. And it, it's it, it is. You know, when when you start to think of data in isolation, it, it's it's hard to kind of come up with a conclusion. And that's why the new Annex 1 talks about that any single piece of data on its own isn't enough. You know, it's not the point five or the 5 or the microbial. It's when you start to take all of those little pieces together. and uh, And that's what we're hoping to try and demonstrate today. Yes.
0: And so we have this product, it's called Pharma Integrity, which combines hardware, software, and so on. It's hard to explain. So I'll go into a slide here, which shows a typical pharma facility. And this uh, pharma facility basically uh, shows a filling line in the middle of the building, basically. And you have the heart of the monitoring software there with the particle counting, with the microbial collection, and you feed this into, for example, that PMS uh, Facility Pro software. And then you have the environmental monitoring sensors, the temperature, humidity, differential pressure. And this is the most important data for environmental monitoring inside that room, that isolator, that filling line. And this is pretty much straightforward because it goes into a PLC from the machine manufacturer, but then it sits there, it doesn't go anywhere.
1: It is, yeah. And and almost more than that, the people that are looking at the particle counter data aren't the people that are looking at the HVAC data, typically. And they're not the people looking at the data that's been transposed over into limbs. So not only do you have these silos of really useful information, um, they're owned by different groups as well. So it, it's difficult to get an overarching view as to how things are working when you know we ourselves kind of silo what we do so it, it it's tough and i think that's why the contamination control strategy was sort of brought about to try and bring all of these individual elements together into you know some sort of harmony yeah
0: and uh you you mentioned it already There's many more data points which are important to a person who is doing the uh, central environmental monitoring check in this facility at the end. Uh, So we have, um, for example, sensors, which are mobile sensors. They're collecting uh, particles in the air. They're collecting microbials in the air by uh, mobile uh, sensors. Then we have um, data from, for example, clean steam areas or water for injection areas. Uh, they go into a laboratory. You said they go into a labs. They come back from uh, a laboratory with a the result. Then we have manual data, fingerprints. We have uh, contact plate swabs, and all this uh, goes into another software. So at the end, I uh, try to put this in a easy small picture here,
1: yeah.
0: and, uh, where I come up with seven silos, which are typically seen when I go around and talk to uh, people. there you have a silo for automatic microbial and automatic particle which is basically inside the filling machine yeah then we have the surrounding rooms the temperature humidity goes into a building monitoring system sometimes then you have the mobile microbial you have the mobile particle data which is already in an electronic form there most of the times but then it gets printed out scanned and typed into uh, some other software again and we have other uh, areas where we call it APSS or sterility test information and things like this. And then we have this biggest silo of data, which is the manual microbial points, which we I'm guessing there must be hundreds. Um, yeah, per day. Per day, yeah. So we have a lot of data created by the FMS, which sends a, a signal every minute with a new update of a particle counter, which is a lot of data but it's automatic created data and we have a lot of manual collected data, which is created manually thousands, maybe points um, over a week or year. And they all should go into some kind of central software where someone can click on it and see a trend and see what's happening in the rooms. right?
1: It is. Yeah. And don't forget, it's not all synchronized. Some of this data, it comes in asynchronously, either the Real-time particle and real-time microbial sample data we get immediately with TRH and differential pressure. But mobile particle, even though the result is taken live, it's downloaded when they get back to the office. So you get that once per shift or once per batch. And then microbial, you get some data immediately, some data in three days after the initial read some in five, and and some at seven or eight days if it's being put forward for speciation. So all of this data is coming in at different times to it.
0: Or if you wait for your sterility test result, I think you have to wait 14 days, right?
1: Yeah, two weeks.
0: And there's no way of getting this anywhere faster or anything, and then you have to keep that data somehow in balance um, because you're already creating new data with your other software the filling line is already making new batches, and so you have to keep that away from the old batch so this i assume is a very difficult task in that software right
1: it is it's it's very manual if you try and if you try and bring all of these pieces of data into a synchronous report that lets you see what's happening at, at that point in time yeah it's very difficult
0: so basically this is What I'm showing now is that um, most of those have no automatic connection and uh, there's manual typing going on, there's copying, there's things going on, which we should not have today. I know we are not creating any product data here, but uh, to see what's going on in your facility, you don't want to rely on people typing into Excel uh, numbers of particle counters, which are already created electronically somewhere. So uh, at some point we kind of uh, found this as a challenging uh, situation for most of the end users here, pharma companies. And we found a company, Novatech, which is doing this environmental monitoring software for mobile collect or not, sorry, not mobile collected, manual collected microbial data. And they have a product on the market for over 20 years. Um, they have the knowledge of doing this for over 20 years. And what they were missing was the automatic created data, which we have. And so we combined the two, and um, so we uh, create that data from that, for example, particle counter, send it to our facility Pro software, and then it goes into that Novatech software. And the same for our um, APSS or the sterility test isolator can feed in there, and the the mobile units can feed in there. And so together, we create this system, which the seven uh, silos we looked at before can all be captured in one software by automatic data transfer.
1: Yeah, and you don't lose the visibility that you had with the silo because if I'm really interested in the particles in real time, I don't want to wait until I can add CFU to that data to be able to respond to it. So it doesn't it, it, it doesn't devalue the silo. What it does is it enhances the strategy by allowing you to pull this data on a weekly, monthly basis to start to understand. The problems.
0: Yeah. And so there's a a story come to my mind. Uh, We'll go back to that uh, facility because it makes it easier to understand. And um, so uh, several years back, they closed the facility because they found mold inside the facility in higher amounts than they should have, of course, and they reached a limit and they uh, had to stop production. And then the people brought in specialists, they were looking into the mold and where it comes from, typically comes from the HVAC. So they tested all the HVAC until like two weeks. Of course, they needed to get results and uh, to look what they have. But it wasn't the same uh, mold as they found in the facility. So um, basically, they had to go down to species to find out what it was. And at the end, they found it was wood. And so now they, of course, said, well, where does the wood come from? We have no wood in the facility. So it turns out 30 years past they built this facility and they they still had a door which had the wooden structure inside, Mm -hmm. but it's still covering around. (coughs) Excuse me. And so basically now if we think that this would be the door here, and you would do microbial sampling with mobile units, you would do swapping, you would do all reporting into a software, and they all would look together into the same data um you think they would have seen this earlier before there's a shutdown
1: oh well, you would hope so and but they they would have had a better chance of seeing it. that's for sure if they were even if you weren't looking for it specifically, if you'd have had this ability to look at the particle counts because the particle counts will change but they change shift to shift but you'll see a gradual increase over 6 or 12 months that unless you're aware of its geographic increase because we've got half a dozen sample points in that in that manufacturing room alone so does it bias towards the door do the the sample points that you've got near the door start to show an elevation and if I then overlay my microbial data and then if I overlay my swab sample my surface data to that I can I can start to get a multivariate analysis or you know this multi-angular look at what's happening across the breadth of the room and not point by point point. So it just allows for heat maps, if you will, of where the problem starts. And if you do a monthly heat map, if they had done a monthly heat map of where their high points of where their critical points were hitting, then they'd have started to have seen that zone by the door start to flare up, you know, go from green to yellow to orange to red over the course of six or seven months. So just having that pre sight of of what's going wrong or what's starting to deteriorate may well have led them to looking in that corner of the room rather than going oh it's coming in through the HVAC and it's a little bit everywhere they wouldn't have seen the concentrations as much at the other side of the room you know where on the on the right hand side of that room or the left hand side of that room they it wouldn't have been as prevalent in those areas so looking at it Individually, like you said, when they thought it was mold, they looked to the HVAC. And then they determined that it was a, you know, a species or subspecies that comes associated with woods. They started to think, where's the wood or the cardboard or, you know, within that space. And so the mindset was right. But they could have been doing this six, 12 months previous by having these, you know, this this early warning system, if you will.
0: Because you're not reaching your limit yet, but you see an increase below the limit. So the increase trends to somewhere. And if you do the right trending with the right knowledge and the right graphs,
1: then you see where it's going. Because in grade B, you're allowed a certain number anyway. And if it was an isolator in a grade C, you're allowed even more, you know, 100 CFU of microbe. And so if they started to see it drift from 15 to 20 to 25, and had that ability to not just see CFU, but which species were moving, that would have been a much greater insight into what the problems were at a much earlier stage.
0: Yeah, and you uh, probably, this door doesn't shed the same amount of uh, microbes and particles every day, so you have to like look into several data points from uh, throughout the month, throughout the year maybe.
1: Yeah. And as we know, with a door, especially a stainless steel door, stainless steel doors are tough. So you can crash your monitoring car into them to open it, you know, or you open it with your elbow or and let it close on the spring. So they they take a lot of abuse as well, which can in them that shocking shakes particles free. So just the, the fact that it, it is a door it should be a high point. They probably were sampling it anyway because it's a high contact area, but it, it's drawing the dots and they and they just missed that connection.
0: Wonderful. Thank you,
1: Mark. Always a pleasure, Mark.
0: I think that's enough for today. Um I'll see you soon again. Bye. Uh, if you have any questions, ask your local salesperson. If you need any information, contact us at info at pmeasuring.com. Um, and uh, on our website, we have an extensive knowledge base. On pmeasuring.com, you can find a lot of papers which Mark wrote over the last 30 years.
1: <laughs> Not that old, but yeah, <laughs> probably 20-something. All right, Mark. Uh, well, have a good weekend, and we'll speak to each other again soon. Thank
0: you, you too. Take care. Take care, my friend. Bye bye.